0: to Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and I have on with me today a, a representative of a powerhouse team in Colorado Springs, Brian Rodriguez of the Lana Rodriguez team. Uh, so welcome to the show, Brian. Appreciate you being a guest. No,
1: thank you for the invite.
0: Honored. So how, t- tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you, how did you guys get involved in the business?
1: I love that question. It's like always the first question of every, you know, engagement. And uh, it's pretty, I I, I want to say it's pretty funny, uh, but um, I was born in Puerto Rico, a little island in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Atlanta and I played football in Georgia. So as you know, University of Georgia just won back-to-back championships. Oh, yeah. So football is kind of a big deal. And then I got the opportunity to play football in college. And so I went to the United States Military Academy at West Point. So it's America's Military Academy in New York. And that was a phenomenal experience. And so you have to pay your dues, right? And so you have Mm -hmm. to serve. And I uh, served for over 11 years. And I've been to Iraq, Afghanistan, Europe. I mean, 23 countries, uh all all sponsored by the government and that was a great experience um but one of the 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 cool things in that experience is i got to meet my wife and so and then that
0: started okay. really our real
1: estate journey
0: okay how did you meet her
1: yeah so that's another it's like kind uh, of the part of the fun story um so it was black friday and uh i was a young crazy guy just came back from Iraq. And I was always active. And uh, Black Friday came because we had Thanksgiving the day before the night before uh, the, the day before. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I fell asleep because you eat turkey, right? And you fall asleep. Anyways, we woke up and we missed all the celebrations of that night. But Black Friday was happening. So we're like, hey, let's continue uh, our festivities. And At the time, I was living in Austin, Texas, because I was stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, I was, I think I was getting the iPhone 2. Like I I kid you not, that's how I'm dating myself. That was that a thing? uh, At one point, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, was that a thing? And uh, during my during the mall excursion, one of my friends was like, "Yo, there's this beautiful Russian girl that works at Michael Kors." So Michael Kors at the time, women's brand, very popular, was just being introduced. They went public, and um, she was the store manager. Lana was the store manager. So she was opening up the store on Black Friday. So that was all hectic and stuff. Okay. And so, you know, I, I got in there and I saw her and, um, and yeah, pretty much it was two months <laughs> of trial and error. And I finally got her attention and yeah. yeah. And the
0: rest is history. A true salesman, two, two months of saying <laughs> no. And she finally said yes.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, there's always options. There's always options. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So was she, so it was her vision to go into real estate or was she always geared that way or both of you or?
1: No, I love it. that. That's another great question. So I always say like, you know, in negotiations there are seven elements and one of the elements are threats, you could say, and, uh, or ultimatums. And so we were a young couple. Uh, we moved to Colorado in the summer of 2014. And at the time we've owned, uh, three properties. And so we thought okay. we were like little investors, but I was active duty at the time. And Lana left her retail career to follow me. And we were stationed here in Colorado Springs at Fort Carson. And I would say like a lot of women, they track their you know their timing of when they think it's optimal to have a child. And um, she had an inquiry with me and she's like, hey, I want a kid. And I was like a little scared, obviously. I was young, uh, younger and um, yeah, yeah. I was nervous because I was like, well, we're one income. And I don't know if I could, you know, have that responsibility now and so forth. But I knew that she had amazing potential because of her retail management career. I mean, mm-hmm. Michael Kors wasn't her only management career. I mean, she's opened up BCBG Max Amara, Kenneth Cole, Ed Hardy, Puma, like the list goes on. So she understands brand and customer service. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you want a kid, you need to get your real estate license. <laughs> and so it was so funny because I made an ultimatum and she was very mad. However, she 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 wanted to prove me wrong. And I always say I like created Frankenstein, you know, like, oh, right. I created a monster. Yeah. <laughs> because well, literally... Guess. Yeah, little did we know that. She would come (laughs) out the gate over 30 transactions her first year and then 119 postpartum. So that's how we got into real estate sales.
0: Okay, okay. How did she have so much success right out of the gate?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's always like the million dollar question. And, you know, we always, I think over the past you know, since 2015, we summed it up to client experience Mm -hmm. Um, and it's gotten more sophisticated over the years. And like we talked before about what it's going to look like in 2023, but it started with real humble beginnings.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I mean, I just give you a little story. So, you know, Lana and I, we, we got introduced to Brian Buffini when we were at remax back in the you could say the old testament and you know he always recommended uh how about you just do a pie party and so what was great was that at the time i was uh going back and forth to europe uh we had some like operations and stuff and i was always nervous because i you know i left my wife and she was pregnant and i was like man i don't like you by yourself i know you just started this real estate you know, career. And she's like, Oh, I'm good. I got to go and give out all these pies. So Lana literally created a Facebook event, Uh inviting anyone, anyone. She's just, Hey, you want a pie? I'm a new realtor. This is my jamboree. And so (laughs) she there, she got like a list of clients and I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? What? you just bought like a thousand dollars worth of pies. You know, how are you? And yeah. I, was, I was a logistics officer. So I was like, okay, well, you need to make sure you, you, you store them correctly. You, you ship them correctly. You need to label them. Who are you going to meet getting all two, two debts. Right. right. And, um, she's like, no, I'm just going to go drop them off. You know? So she drops them off, hand the business card and then you add them to the database. Mm-hmm. And at the time the database was Facebook right? You know, Mm. you got the people, you can engage with them. So Mm. very fundamental, very simple. And without within that, there was like five transactions. And within that that pool, there was one client who's been with us since then and has referred over the years. So that was just one operation, right? So Mm -hmm. simple that helped grab, you know, yes, you need leads, but over time, you need to nurture the relationships. And so, yes, Lana was all about the engagement and growing. And obviously, we would supplement, we would facilitate it as we grew the teams.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. I've shared uh, the idea of the pie giveaway to clients like people you already worked with, but I didn't even think of that idea. That's a great one. So I think we can just say goodbye and end the podcast right here because that's enough. For-
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. because no. <laughs> anyone
0: that would go out, anyone that would go out and implement that is sure to to meet some clients, I would think.
1: Oh, oh without a doubt, you know, <clears throat> because that pie will sit at the table, you know, yep. and they'll be like, "Who yep. gave you this pie?" and they're well, still eating that. it. You know, it, it's like
0: a week. And it's that law of reciprocity thing where people feel like, oh, well, we they gave us a pie, and maybe we should give them a shot at being our realtor.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: I love that. Well, tell me more about your client experience that you've put together. I you've you've done some structure around it, right? And kind of more defined it now going into 2023.
1: Yeah, um, you know, one, we've just been real blessed over the years. Um, so since 2015, we serviced over 1400 clients. Wow. And That's
0: over impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and over half a billion in volume. And so I feel like as you start approaching like thousands of clients, billions, right? You start getting into real numbers. I feel you, we have to formalize what we've been good at, like that competency, that competitive advantage. And it, it, you know, to sum it up, it is client experience, um, but you have to be very intentional about that experience. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been almost like a, it's, it's been challenging because I've had to leverage, you know, my wife, who's also my boss, um, my experiences, her intentions, right. Her, her vision and putting that all together from what we've learned uh, to really formalize it because, Mm -hmm. you know, what is client experience and to make our engagement here on the podcast useful, you know, to the audience, you know we we break it down into three um you could say three focuses or three um components things you mm-hmm. you should really focus on because you can deep dive into each of these um and these are again over you know 1400 clients over half a billion these are literally what we're summing it up to and in 2023 it is our goal to see this come through kind of like our dissertation, like our thesis. Yeah. And I would argue that it would benefit pretty much any industry. Does, mm-hmm. that, does that sound fair? Yeah. yeah I
0: mean, a um, lot of this stuff that we do as, as top producers is it, it can translate to any business. So I agree. Oh
1: yeah. So let's get into it. Right. Yeah. So let's, the let's first one, yeah. So you got client experience. Um the first one is trustworthy service. Um, so we talked about like coining stuff, right? Before and trustworthy service is like in itself has meaning. One is there's trust and two, there's service. And so like, let's go a little bit deeper. So we feel that when you're building trust, there's three things that you have to do. Um, first one is that, are you actively listening?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What did and you say? Yes. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh, do you not listen? <laughs> like, no, no, that was hilarious. I love it. So are you actively listening? And that's really understanding more the purpose, the interest, but but also the objections, right? It, it's getting deeper because yes, you don't want to be an order taker. And a lot of that happened in the past two, maybe three years ago, right? we were order takers. I mean, what do you want to buy? Three bets, two baths. Okay. You have until the weekend, you need to offer over list price. You just waiter, you know? And we kind of left that where you you have to actively listen. You have to really take notes, like honestly, take notes, understand where they are in their life, kind of guide them. I mean, all the greats are saying, Gary Keller's like, you're going to have to be a wealth manager. Um, with these with these clients, right? So it's really actively listening, getting in to their purpose, right? Second, you need to be good at your job. And being good at your job, I'm not saying to be perfect. like I am far from perfect, we are far from perfect, but you can be consistent. and consistent is showing up every day, being on time, mm-hmm. engaging your clients doing the necessary due diligence right um and doing it consistently um so it's it's really funny because um there's a difference between consistency and intensity like everyone like you know agents may be more intense you know and showing off or whatever the case is but then they don't do it for 48 hours later 72 hours later and then they come back to being intense does that make sense? So yeah. you need to be very consistent. Yeah. And we can get into those methodologies of consistency. And then finally, you have to care. Like what, you know, we're in a business of what? Service. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it goes back to trustworthy service. Yes. And so if you really care, you're going to be there because you actively listened and you were part of their lives. Because real estate, for me, is a consequence of by par- byproduct of life, right? You get married, you get a divorce, you get a job, lose a job, you get more money. Do you see where I'm going? It prompts a transaction Mm -hmm. all the time, right? So if you generally are actively listening, you're good at your job and you care, you're providing impeccable service. I'm telling you, trustworthy service. So that's the first thing. And that really gets into the training, Okay, and mm-hmm. that's that. Remember, that's the first client experience. Remember, it's going back to client experience, breaking down to three things. So, client experience first is trustworthy service. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second one is what we call being omnipresent, being okay. omnipresent. And so, I always joke around with the team is is ha- is being the holy spirit. You know, like your sphere of influence.
0: Okay. But the Holy
1: Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, obviously, you know, if you're a Christian or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. I love I love playing with words. But uh, because you're you're constantly present among your community. Now, this has to deal more from the database standpoint, using that client relations manager. And and we, so it, you could kind of focus it being omnipresence in three ways. And the first one is you have to understand your database. And I would like to say that, I mean, maybe there are agents that can say they are certified in their CRM, but I haven't met an agent yet that dominates their database.
0: So, and so I, by, un, by understanding the database, do you mean the actual software or the people? Yes, the actual,
1: the actual. The actual database, the actual okay. software. Okay. Because they always say, what's the best CRM? The one you use. The one you
0: use. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the CRM <laughs> has all these, you know, amenities, if you will, but it allows you to stay omnipresent. And so we've really been focusing. We have Chime, a database, and we're really trying to harness, they have an AI feature, artificial intelligence, they have, you know, drip campaigns, they can do pay-per-click ads are just sending out emails at scale. And so Mm -hmm. we're really focusing on how do we touch our clients at least seven times a month, at least all the clients times seven times 12. And yes, there we can get into different formulas or different prescriptions of that. But, you know, they'll come with a call from Lana, a newsletter, a market update, Do you see where I'm going? And and an invite to our client event. So if we really focus on our database, because again, we've we've sold over 1,400 clients. So actively Mm -hmm. in Colorado Springs, we have about 500 plus clients living. So Mm -hmm. we need to to farm them. We need to cultivate them. So that's the first thing within uh, being omnipresence is that database. So I I mentioned clients.
0: Yeah, I have, mm-hmm. I have a question around the database. So, you said seven touch points per month, right? Um, I think there's probably people listening that are thinking, "Man, that's a lot of times to touch a past client in a month." I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to be, you know, too forward with that. What would you have to say about that?
1: So it goes back to trustworthy service. Are you actively listening, and do you care? Mm-hmm. There's these care connections or care calls, Mm -hmm. right? Remember, life is happening, their birthday. You're telling me a client's gonna be mad if you call them on their birthday?
0: Right, right. right. That
1: happens once a year, right? Yep. That's pretty significant. Their home anniversary. Mm -hmm. Do do you see that? That's another right. right? Yes, calling them frantically, like, I don't know, like you're selling Amway, not that there's nothing wrong with Amway. But, like, you know, without some sort of purpose and value, yes, that will be challenging. So it's really understanding are you actively listening? Do you care? And so, or, or you're just bringing value. Hey, come to our in, come to our client event, our pumpkin patch. What's yeah. wrong with inviting them, right? Reminding them, you know, because then, because that'll get into the third thing, not the and your, your answer. No, that's, your that's a great answer.
0: No, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. So the third thing, I mean, the next thing within being omnipresent is your client events. Like one of the things that Lana has really, because she was a military spouse. She came to mm-hmm. this country, right? She became a citizen. And when you move, you're, it's tough. You're by yourself. You're lonely, right? You come mm-hmm. to a new city. And in Colorado Springs, our environment is obviously heavy military, veterans, a lot of transitions is going on in Springs. And so we really understand that if you can foster a community through experience, through client events, mm-hmm. um, the engagement is just so much higher. And plus, you get to party your way to success. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, not to just plug in our YouTube, because it's, it's a small little YouTube, which is Uh, One of the topics I'll discuss uh, in this podcast, but um, is you can witness our our community store client events because people love enjoying time with one another over food, music, interaction. And it's even more important because, you know, we spent a year plus confined to our our properties because of COVID. And so, but it's been really great because we've seen clients interact with our agents, ourselves, each other. They've gotten married, they've dated, they've done business with each other, right? They create this little group, this little tribe. And it's cool because the client events, you really start running an event organization where you're planning experiences. Like, uh, you know, like I said, inviting to a pumpkin patch, which is some reason the most popular event. And we'll have over a thousand attendees wow. because they're bringing their whole families. You know, yes, yeah. Bob bought with us, but Bob's going to bring his mom, his sister, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Right. Because it's yeah. like the holidays. And we get to film it. And within that, we get to do touch points before, during, and after. You get to create content with that. So um, being omnipresent, right? So we have yeah. these events. If, if my wife was the CFO, she would probably have an event every month, every month, back to back, right? Mm-hmm. So you do have to balance that. But uh, you get to have really great events through different parts of the timeline, right, over the year. You know, in the in the in the summers, you probably want to do a summer bash, maybe a movie theater in the Christmas kind of fall winter season. You want to do highs with Santa. I mean, there's a whole keynote Lana talks about just in client experiences, particularly events. Um, so the last thing within being omnipresence is you're going to need uh, you're going to need an employee you're going to need an extension and probably eventually a department where it's client Mm -hmm. concierge. So Mm -hmm. um, we've gone through a lot of different people uh, to be our client concierge. And this year it's going to be better than it's ever been. Uh, But our client concierge, think of like five-star hotels, memberships. It's about literally servicing the client because mm-hmm. we think that when you come to Lana Rodriguez group, that you're part of this club, this membership, this tribe, right? Mm. This exclusivity.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you have a client concierge that literally calls on behalf of Lana, you know, it's actually more effective than just a cold call. Like, Hey, I am calling on behalf of Lana Rodriguez group. Lana just wanted to say hi, blah, blah, blah. It allows the client to feel part of, I think, something bigger. It helps with coordinating different events with the clients, especially updating, you know, because let's be honest, if you're a lead agent, you're a team leader, you cannot be everywhere, but you need to be omnipresent throughout the life of the client. Mm -hmm. So again, omnipresence is database, client events, and client concierge. But you're okay. most likely gonna to have to have someone do that. So that's the second part in the client experience, right? So Trustworthy
0: service. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a couple of questions. So how often? Yeah, of course, do you, of course. Yeah. How often do you guys hold events? Quarterly, every other month? So,
1: yeah, yeah. So I don't want to steal my wife's thunder, but last year, I think we did less than 10. Okay. And they yeah, and they range. Uh, in terms of magnitude. That makes sense. So the first one that really kicks off the year is Easter brunch. Like, think about it, right? The holidays are over, resolutions are trying to be made, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of a, a plateau in terms of activities in the world, right? The Super Bowl's over. What next? Maybe Valentine's, right? But that's more like romance, you know, very intimate, yeah. yeah, don't really need to bring, I mean, we, we've hosted one event called the red party and it's not game of Thrones, like the red wedding, but it's uh <laughs> it's uh it's an opportunity where we had our like, you know, closest people come together. But the big major event is, um, is Easter brunch because it's like Christmas, but in reverse or something. It's like the mm. first big event of the year. If you think about it, they get the sun's out, The Easter bunnies are out. The eggs are out. Kids put on their Sunday best dress. They always have great meals. They want to take pictures, right? And we get to be part of that. And that remember, omnipresence. And we get to have a memory with them. So that's like the first event. Then we go into other events, right? We'll go into, like I said, we'll host a movie. But we actually bring the theme. So it's like cosplay. You remember Casa. Where, you know, all the action figures come together. What is it called? Um, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Where you come together. And so like last year we did Jurassic Park and Mm -hmm. we all dressed up as if we were working at the park and we had an event. We rented out three movie theaters and we really got to have that event. Um, we do pies and smiles with Santa. So there, there's a lot of events where we take formal photos with Santa. They don't have to wait in the mall or go somewhere. We get to interact with them. I mean, the list goes on, but there is a series of them. And honestly, we, we change it up a, a little bit, um, so that we can, um, service the, the, the time and space of where we're at, because maybe the market prefers something better. Mm. uh, Versus doing the same thing,
0: you know. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for all those great yeah. ideas.
1: Oh yeah, I could talk all day. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the third, the third thing in the client experience is is called you got to have witnesses. You got to have raving fans. Um. Because again, it's part of the client experience, right? So you have trustworthy service. You're omnipresent. But you're developing raving fans. And thankfully, we're in a world of what? Social media. We're in mm-hmm. a world, if it's not online, it never existed. People are living right. out their lives online. So mm-hmm. you have to embrace it. So if you have a, a professional, especially in any type of service industry, is saying like, oh, I don't get my business through online, or you're leaving money on the table and and everyone is doing it. And and, and and people think that they can't do it. I think I heard a stat or something where it was like, how many people live in the world? I think it's like 8 billion people or something like that. I don't know. And like, there's like 2 point something billion subscribers uh, on YouTube or something. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's just the audience, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean like it's like, you know, think about it. So you, there is an opportunity. Uh, But you need to find witnesses that they're witnessing you be a leader. They're a fan of you being a leader in the community, fan of you being a father, a mother, uh, an activist, you know, just being who you are, showing more of your story. Right. Because we know that stories sell, facts tell. And so you need to harness those platforms. And yes, every platform has a different, you could say, theme. Um, but you need to do that because people need to see you, and they're like, "Man, man, he did this, she did that." I like it. You know, they start right. following you, not just real estate, but just overall. And so, um, you know, that really, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole of different types of methodologies within that, but we're focusing on all the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. meaning LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Obviously, TikTok has some political challenges there, but we know that with Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, you could reach a lot of different people and yes. you could showcase a lot of stuff. Uh, and that's really a, a really living and breathing database as, as well. Think of it, that's a that's a database in itself that's actually very engaging. Um, so then you get the witness. Now we're definitely going to go heavy on YouTube, not just showing our listings and showing um, our client events, but really now adding value and sh- educating them. So YouTube, we're going to go very deep in Colorado Springs because I call it America's backyard and uh-huh. really educating them on real estate, but how it applies to Colorado Springs. Does that make sense? Because real estate's yeah. really hyper-local. Like what happens in Springs is not happening in Denver. And what's right. happening in Springs is not happening in Pueblo. So yes. so really understanding that, right? And that's part of the education. Wine's also part of the professionalism. Um, so remember, creating raving fans, witnessing. And then reels have been, I think, that personally, I'm going to go really hard in the paint. Like I'm Shaquille O'Neal right there. I'm going hard on reels because reels. I always think of them as Costco free samples. You know how you go to Costco and you get a little mm-hmm. sample. Mm-hmm. It's like thirty second engagement, right? You're like, oh, that was cool. Now nah, that sucked. Next, right? That's kind of like what I
0: think is reels are.
1: And so, as you, so reels,
0: there might be people, mm-hmm. might be people listening that are like, what in the heck is a reel? So uh, yeah, yeah. Expand on that a little. Yeah.
1: Bit. Well, like. A lot of the platforms are having their version, like YouTube, have shorts, but it's a small amount of time. So it ranges maybe depending on the platform, I think like 30 to 90 seconds. Uh-huh. And think of it as a sound bite, just an extended sound bite. And you got to do a lot of things in a short amount of time to compel your audience. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's some of there's some reels that you put out and people are like, I love it. And there's some that are like, next. Right. It's no different than you going to Costco. Right. But we plan on doing the real estate universe um, because we've really learned a lot, not just from residential sales, but from investing, from commercial real estate, from working with your spouse, being a team leader, being a solo agent with 60, 80 pies, you know, Mm -hmm. and we want to be able to showcase that. But remember, attention span is so small. So that's why reels are important, because you get a little sample, which will then lead you, what, to maybe the YouTube, to the other social media platforms, and eventually, you're going to create a lot of raving fans, and you're going to have a lot of witnesses that like, oh, yeah, I saw Lana just close this big deal, or I saw Lana just give back, or I just saw Lana be a mom, you're right, they get to relate, too. You know, yeah. so you entertain and educate. So if you think of all those three we just talked about, right? Trustworthy service, being omnipresent, and be, and creating witnesses, raving fans, if you will. You're really going to create, I think, the best client experience ever. Because when you meet them, you're giving incredible service, right? Then yeah, you yeah. get them. Then they become a client. They, they, they become into your database, And you're constantly feeding them value and following up on them, both virtually and in person, right? Through the client events, through Mm -hmm. the database. And then you're giving, you're living in the world that everyone views everyone on, which is social media. Mm -hmm. Because you sold with them. Now you're following up with them on the database and they're witnessing you go through life. Um, And so, so that's how like, you know, we were talking about earlier, it's like, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Like we didn't know this year, 2015, 2016, but then comes 17, 18, we start like, okay, this is working. Client events are working. Being good at your job is working, right? Um, mm-hmm. Social media returns leads, right? And so this trifecta is kind of like, like I said, our dissertation where I have to prove it. Um, especially in the market where it shifted. Um, I I really think that, you know, us being linear, meaning X amount of calls will yield a Y amount of leads. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem I think with that is that when the market shifts, like it has the people you need to sell to the amount of calls you need to make the ads you need to make, I think that that pool literally shrinks and it has shrunk. I mean, mm-hmm. as a lender, mm-hmm. you could tell me, you know, my VA applications or just applications in general have, have stopped. So that oh, yeah. means definitely. Yeah. The amount of people to sell to eventually will be disrupted. And what's mm-hmm. challenging with that too, at the same time, if that's where you're going like more linear is that you're competing with two forces, you're competing with operational costs, right? To run a business. Inflation, the cost of goods goes up. And then the second force is the cost to acquire a lead, right? Mm-hmm. To get a lead, period. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. through impressions, engagements, just getting cold leads, whether it's Zillow, cold calls, ISAs, artificial intelligence, all that rises. So you got the cost of acquiring, then you have... um uh, the operational expenses going up, and you're being linear when the pool of the people you need to sell to is getting smaller. And this was huge because I follow Alex Hormozy. He's like an up and coming influencer, and he described that, that what I just said, obviously ten times more eloquent than I did <laughs> um, in like the last like two minutes of a podcast he did, and it literally got me. to to what I just explained, because you need to be quadratic. So think of uh, an algebra like A squared plus B squared plus C squared, right? That's a quadratic equation where it's essentially squared, but it's also exponential. And exponential is what referrals is, right? One Mm -hmm. referral will bring you two, right? We'll bring you a resource that amplifies your business. We'll bring you an idea that changes your business, Mm -hmm. right? Because that, and that's what client experience is, is creating a quadratic equation to have an exponential results. And so that crazy quadratic equation that I just said, trustworthy service, being omnipresent and having witnesses or raving fans, that's the quadratic equation that has been worked well for us and we mm-hmm. need to really harness that, so that when we make an X amount of so much profit just from that. Because remember, every time you're bringing a referral in because of your client experience, it's reducing your cost to acquire. Think about it: like mm-hmm. if it costs me yeah. X dollars to get one client, right, through whatever whatever means I'm doing, but he generates me two more, so I just got the price of one client. I got three mm-hmm. leads. Do you see saying? Right, mean? So right. really focusing again on client experience, and that's after you get after you really dominate that, then you can beat everyone else. Um, yeah. In the linear game, meaning getting the best Zillow account, getting the best ISA inside sales agent, getting the best pay per click ads, getting the best Google. You know, uh, keywords. do you see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Um, because again, the, the buyer pool is, is is tighter, and they're actually scared. So who are they gonna who are they going fall back on?
0: the person they fall
1: back on people who they, the
0: person they trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. person they trust see? goes see? back to the first one. So goes
1: back to the first one right yeah. and so and everyone has a database. Everyone has a database. like after the years of service you've done in lending. You have serviced how many clients, right? And all that, all that database. So like, if you just apply that, this is nothing like, this is nothing like Harvard or anything. This is like, like I said, this comes back from our humble beginnings and almost a decade of, of servitude, right? From 2015 to now, servicing over 1,400 clients, half a billion dollars in volume. We've really learned a lot of hard things. Uh, but that that's pretty much defining client experience.
0: Yeah. Well, I i love how it's intentional because I think that's so key to have a defined process on how you do it instead of just being haphazard and randomly calling people or whatever it is. And, and I think too, I mean, tell me if you agree, but I think that if someone's listening to this and they're just starting off and they have five past clients, but they have a sphere of people they know, neighborhood, friends, family, they could still hold an event. It might not be as gigantic as something you guys are doing, but you could have a happy hour or something a little more, um, you know, less less expensive or more, less complicated to plan and still have a, a big effect.
1: Yeah, You're spot on. There's quality versus quantity. You do not need like, you know, how many people, man, I grew up in Georgia, you know, tailgating, you can get a truck, some music and some beer. Next thing you know, it's a party. You know, and so right. it's yeah. really focusing on quality engagement. And I remember when Lana and I first had our client event 2015 passes and we 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 service over 30 clients. And I and, and for all you Colorado Springs listeners, we rented out um the, the Loft Collective on old Colorado City. I'm gonna plug them in. Great little venue. They have two, and they had this little one. I think it was on 19th street or something in old Colorado city. We rented it out, small little place. We rented a bartender. We -hmm. rented a DJ who was a student at Colorado college. (laughs) We went to Costco and got platters. Okay. And then we, all we did was decorate it with some dollar tree items, put some, some of my wife's logo at the time. And turned up the music and people come in, and next thing you know, they're having a blast. Uh-huh. And that, and that was like, you know, people would call it balling on a budget. I think that was like uh-huh. maybe less than five thousand dollars. You know, no, I would say even less, maybe a thousand, maybe less than three thousand. Honestly, uh-huh. I'm probably inflating the numbers, but it was very cost effective. You don't need to do an Easter brunch where you're paying thirty thousand dollars with champagne orchestra, like, you know, pictures, you don't need to do that. You you can eventually get there, right? You know, you can increase that experience, but look, it's about the quality of engagement and, yeah. and doing something different. Like you could do something totally different because maybe the clientele that you serviced is a certain tribe and they like different artifacts. They like different experiences. Like maybe your tribe is like a book club and they love yeah. reading or so different why don't you people give... within
0: different people within your tribe might like different things. So, so yes. having a variety yes. of different things you do.
1: Yeah. A variety of different things. Yeah. So like if you're in a book club, get an author. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how much an author costs because it's not like authors are influencers. But I know the person who wrote Harry Potter, you could maybe get get him on a Zoom. You know, I,
0: I did one. Yeah. I did an event Great once where I had a comedian come in, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't that expensive. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, that's a good one. That's like a good adult one too. Like yeah. you know, this was uh, laugh friendly, with but... Lana. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, laugh with taking... Lana! I love <laughs> it. <laughs> laugh with Lana! I love it. I'm about to take that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, take but, it and run with it.
1: Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, no, this is uh thanks for letting me share that kind of dissertation on client experience,
0: yeah, yeah, and I don't want to run too long, but um people might be thinking, man, just even three thousand that's a lot of money for an event. So I'd be thinking, how do you make sure people are there? How do you get people there? How do you invite? Yeah,
1: people? so again, I don't want to take thunder from Lana, so like, follow, comment, subscribe, uh, Lana Rodriguez, but uh she has a uh, it's almost like five steps that you get to do per event in engaging with your clients. Um, one, you should have a Facebook group um, where every specific time you, events? you mean, sp- no specific to your clients, because when your oh, clients, okay. obviously um, they close, right. They come into your community. You put them in a Facebook group. So we call it, we love our clients and there you can market to them. Okay. Two, your agents who service that those clients can call them. Hey, just calling you. Pumpkin patch is in two weeks. We can't wait. Are you bringing your sister? She was so amazing at the showing that we did when we first bought your house. Okay, boom. Touch point done. Right. So that's already yeah. two. They get a mailer, a beautiful little flyer that's tangible, and they put on their fridge. That's constantly looking at them. Oh, babe, make sure we got to go to Lana's party. Got to go to Lana's party. Make sure it's on the calendar. You know, they start deconflicting their schedules. Um, uh, when you're there, right, uh, they will remember that, that Lana took a picture with them. Lana talked with them. Their kids were playing. They had a moment, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there's a multiple steps you can do, you know, like I said, the database that also sends a reminder newsletters is telling them, hey, pencil this in because, you know. So, yes, getting the roster there. And we do um, when we first started, we never took attendance, if you will. But now we do and we can start seeing who's showing up. And that's pretty insightful as well, because mm. you kind of get into prob stats, demographics. You're like, yo, yeah. in this event just more ladies attended and this event, more men, you know, you get to kind of see um, what's, what's working and what's not. There's people that don't show up and we're like, we're never doing this again. And so, (laughs) um, so yeah. uh, And then, you know, you you gave me another question, uh, another thought that maybe an audience member would have is like, well, man, I don't want to spend $3,000. Now, remember there is a cost of doing business. And you Mm -hmm. have to consider that as marketing expense. Now, you do have vendors. You do have other industry partners that can help with that, right, Mm -hmm. along the process. Mm -hmm. And they can sponsor events. They can sponsor these little events here. And then you work that out with them. Obviously, everything in compliance but you know it's an opportunity to bring those other, other vendors to your community because they're part of that client experience as well. Mm-hmm. Your inspectors, lenders like yourself, um, title, um, insurance, hand yeah. contractors that have helped you, um, just the overall like universe. And of also third parties, like lawyers, right? Remember, real sure. estate follows life events. So there's doctors, lawyers, um, all kinds of people, uh, CPAs, right? They're all part of the the formula. So they can help sponsor these events and they would love to, especially like CPAs, you know, all that, right? Because they just bought their home. So what does that mean? They can start doing more tax planning. They can start leveraging their real estate, you
0: know, so forth. Well, and then those vendors could invite their database to the event.
1: Oh, oh yeah, that just goes crazy, right? Especially yeah. if you start grabbing their spheres, right? You know, and joining spheres together. And that's what I love about being a team leader is because I get to see my agents literally bring their spheres into our original sphere, right? You know, you got an agent joins mm-hmm. a team, they're bringing you a database, but now you get an opportunity to enhance their client experience that they may or may have. Before they came to you, you know, and so right. it's an opportunity to service now a new group and redefine that. And so that's been yeah. really cool as a team leader, because it's hard to like grow your own business by
0: yourself.
1: And again, you don't know what you don't know. And when I bring in a new team member, I'm like really excited to to help them grow their sphere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How what, what does your team look like? How many agents do you have on your team?
1: Uh, So we have about less than 10 agents. I think we have like seven, Uh, but we are very aggressive in um, growing to, we want to be around 25 agents. That's the number that we've kind of underwritten that will be most effective to reach our goals. And then we have four staff, uh, transaction coordinator, team manager, marketing coordinator, and then uh, oh, five. I'm sorry, and then two executive assistants.
0: Okay, okay. So if someone's listening to this and they might be interested in talking to you a little bit more, could they reach out to you and inquire mm-hmm. if they're if they're yeah. intrigued by? Brian.
1: Your yeah. Yes. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Brian or Lana Rodriguez, and or uh, um, okay. you know, we, we have we offer two, right? And uh, um, on any of the social media, uh, I'm not on TikTok. Lana is. But pretty much all social media. So LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, if you want TikTok, one is on there. Um, and YouTube, and yeah, that's about it. Like, you know, and you my number's there. I'm a realtor. So if you want right, to right. You know, hopefully that, it is anyway. Yeah, hopefully it is. Yeah. And uh yeah, I'm always here as you guys probably experienced. Like, man, this guy has a long breath. Like, so <laughs>
0: Well, I love what you're doing. And I think at a minimum, whoever's listening needs to subscribe to your channels and follow what you're doing and, you know, emulate it as much as they can. And yeah, thanks so much for being on. It's been awesome. I love your energy.
1: Now, first of all, I want to say thank you because, you know, again, you're providing a platform where you're getting people to witness other perspectives in real estate. And as a lender, you know, I've told you that- you are no different than a Merlin, right? You know, what's the Mm -hmm. what do witches, wizards, and lenders have in common? They create magic. And so I always tell borrowers and real estate agents, you guys need to find a lender that's going to help you grow your empire. Whether you're a borrower and a real estate professional, that lender is going to work the magic to fit those clients into the right product at the right time too. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, like it's great to see lenders, you know, helping out in the real estate community, not just from financing, purchasing power, but from education. Um, because that's, I mean, that's why we do continue in education and the, the, the environment's always changing. So again, thank you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly what I do in my lending business. I believe in giving back to my partners in the business, real estate agents and other people. So, If anyone listening would like to talk to me more about that, I encourage you to reach out. I'm happy to have a conversation. And also, again, if you found value in this podcast, please share it with your friends. They can also learn from this. That's how the word gets out about this. And thanks again, Brian, for being on. It's been awesome. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right. You guys all have a great day. See you, sir.